Good morning and welcome to Car Thoughts with David. I'm your host as always, David Calvert, and thank you guys so, so much for tuning in, for taking time out of your day to listen to what this guy has to say. We're all in the car. Let's go on the journey together. Um, yeah, so I admit, with the new mic and headphones and everything... <laughs> Uh, the car is a little bit more muffled. The noise cancellation does really cut it out. I had to, uh, really turn the volume up on the, uh, on the recording to, uh, to hear it. And so, yeah, but, um, you know, it's definitely a lot better recording quality and, um, um, overall quality because, quite frankly, the, uh, like I said, the headphones were getting kind of iffy. So, you know, we're good. We're good. I think we're good with this. I'm going to use it and uh, until I come up with something better. And, uh, you know, I like the quality so far. So, we're good. But uh, here we are. It is almost New Year's. So close. So close. Just a couple more days. <laughs> um... So another thing that happened on Christmas, which I hadn't shared yet, because I'm pre-recording some of these episodes, as you guys might have guessed, is um, on uh, Christmas Day, um, Paul uh, Flanagan from Wonderful Radio Flanagan actually sent me a message, a Christmas message, and I was very excited, um, which was a good opportunity to tell him, because one thing I mentioned to you guys is I had, you know... I'd put mentioned Tariq in his show in the book, but I also <coughs> mentioned wonderful Radio Flanagan in there because, you know, as far as the origins of my show, Car Thoughts with David, one of the places I had considered recording was in the shower because, you know, shower thoughts. But, of course, that's already taken on YouTube anyway. Though it's not recorded in the shower, it's just those aha thoughts, those random weird thoughts if you've ever, they're very funny to listen to if you're not familiar with them but anyway he had actually recorded one episode in the shower which i've mentioned before so i went ahead and put that in my book which just came out so when i responded back i wished him merry christmas and i i told him i was, I was like hey by the way i mentioned you in my book um and you know that i mentioned your show and you know as part of my telling the story about the different you know how i came up with the name of my show and you know, the different thought processes I went through to um, come up with the name and what I was going to talk about and all that stuff. So, needless to say, he was a little excited about that, or seemed to over the messages uh, that we, we sent back and forth over Anchor. And, um, you know, he had asked me about, uh, he had asked me about, um, if I was going to leave Anchor and was like telling me that I shouldn't and, you know, he didn't really see any reason to go to another, another platform. And I, of course, responded back with another voice message saying that, yes, I'm definitely not going to leave Anchor. Um, even though I mentioned it on yesterday's episode, um, you know, I just really don't see the, the point. Everyone's like, well, you know, Anchor kind of owns your show because you don't get the email metrics from like Apple. And I'm like, I really don't care. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I'm, I'm just doing it for fun. Now, granted, I am making some money off of it with the ads, and I do have supporters and stuff, and I'm trying to do, use that money to help build the show up. But at the end of the day, you know, this is just me enjoying 
doing something, sharing stories with you guys, helping you guys grow. And it's not, it's not about the money. Now, if somebody came back and said, hey, you know, we'd like you to, you know, we'd like to sign you and sponsor you on this podcasting platform and pay you lots of money to podcast with us um, and, and, you know, sign you. If my show gets that big, yeah, of course I would leave Anchor. Um, unless it's Anchor coming to ask me, in which case I wouldn't have to switch. But uh, right now as it stands, not planning to leave Anchor. I'm perfectly happy here. It's, uh, it's a great platform and it's free. You know, so outside of maybe getting a couple more opportunities to monetize a little bit differently, which I'm sure Anchor's working on, not a big deal. And, I mean, heck, I've... Uh, between, you know, my sponsor, my awesome sponsor, Tariq, and, you know, the, the ads, I've made enough money to buy this headset, so, you know, that's worked out, um, and excitedly, I officially announced on Christmas Day, I had announced my book was out, I sold a copy, um, you know, and my friends read a good bit of it, I think he's gonna read the whole thing today, so I need to act you know, find out from him, um, you know, what he thought of the book, see if he'll leave a review, that type of thing, and, uh, but, I mean, from what he had told me, uh, on Christmas, you know, that it was like, he was really enjoying it so far, he's like, we have the same taste in music, except for maybe Eminem, and, um, you know, which I, I listen to everything, literally every type of music, every genre, every, every type of music, um, and in the book, I was talking about how, you know, people would roll up and kind of look at me because I'd be, like, blasting uh, classical music, like Paganini or something, and then I'd be, you know, the next song would be, like, N.W.A., and then the next song would be the B.C. Boys, and the next song would be Kansas, and the next song would be, you know, Beethoven's Concerto, and... Uh, you know, just it would just fluctuate because I would just have a huge mix of music and have it on shuffle on my uh, iPod, and uh, so people would always look at me kind of funny. Um, I also had a really killer surround uh, a, a stereo system built into my car that I'd Frankenstein together, and a lot of times people would actually pull up beside me and um, ask me if I would pull over and, so that they could look at my rig. Uh, because they were just amazed at how clear the sound was. They were like, man, it sounds like I'm listening to it in my house, and you're in your car, I'm in my car, and I can hear everything crystal clear. Um, because I, a lot of people, everybody can do, like, bass and, you know, sound like boom, 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 boom. Everybody can do that. What I wanted was clarity, and that is darn near impossible in a giant metal box that's not acoustically designed for anything other than talking and probably snoring, um, you know. So for me, I wanted to build the most crisp, even, balanced, like you're sitting at home and you've got a $3,000 stereo system listening to like classical music and you hear every single note and the drums and the bass and every aspect of the music is accentuated. 
and I literally would have people, and this was when I was a teenager, I would literally have people pull up beside me and ask me to pull off at the next gas station or whatever they were going to follow me, and they wanted to see how I had my stereo system uh, set up. They actually wanted to take notes um, from me and, and, um, and see what I had done because it was so crisp sounding. And they were, you know, in their car with the windows rolled down. I was in my car with the windows rolled down. And it sounds so good there that they were, like, they were impressed. Um, I've always been big into sound. And like I said, you know, I was big into music. And I, I enjoyed playing music. So for me, hearing all of the notes was important because I was trying to learn the songs. Um, you know, like I said, uh, Monday, we, me and my uh, co-worker actually brought in our guitars. And we sat and played. And he started playing... Um, uh, Pink Floyd, Wish You Were Here. And he's like, do you know to lead to it? And I was like, well, not really, but start playing it. Start playing the rhythm. And I had heard Wish You Were Here um, so many times. I Once I saw what key he was playing it in, I literally started playing the lead to it, or most of it. I couldn't get everything. I missed a couple notes here and there. But just from, and I'd never played the song before. Ever. I mean, I'd listen to it, but I never actually played it on guitar. Never tried the lead on guitar. And so he starts doing it, and I start playing it. And he's like, wow, I thought you said you'd never played it before. I was like, I haven't. I said, literally, this is just me listening to the song in my head, listening to, like, the lead, and then seeing what key you were playing it in, and just using the the pentatonic, or not the pentatonic scale. Um, just, that's not the right scale. But, but using, you know... The, the correct lead scale, the classical scale, to, to, to put all that together. And he was impressed, and I, I quite frankly, I was impressed too, because I had no earthly idea that I could actually do it, you know. I mean, it's been almost a decade since I played. Not to mention, I've never really attempted Pink Floyd, so I was just like, oh, that that is actually it. Okay. Wow. Cool. <laughs> so, so yeah. So, needless to say, I'm really into music. I enjoy playing music very, very much. And um, yeah. So, you know, it just makes sense to uh, you know to have a really good sounding audio system in my car. Um, you know, and I try and keep everything balanced. Even in, in the Passat, everything's balanced. The sounds balanced. Um, I don't ever listen to the radio. I, I listen to uh, uh, streaming, you know, music or music that's stored on my phone or my tablet, and uh, you know, because radio broadcasts—they're so last century, you know. <laughs> I'm not a radio person. I, I despise commercials. That's why I don't watch TV. Um, I just don't like commercials at all, and it seems like the more the years go by, the more radio stations play more commercials and less songs. I mean, when a radio station has to advertise that we play the most back-to-back music without commercials, when they actually get to the point where they actually have to advertise that, uh, that's when you know commercials on radio have gotten out of hand. So... And don't get me wrong, I don't pay for streaming music services, so unless I'm using my Amazon Music, I do listen to a couple commercials, like if I'm using Pandora or whatever, or a lot of times I'll use YouTube, 
um, because I've got some playlists built up in YouTube uh, from just all the stuff I listen to. Because they also listen to a wide variety of stuff that's actually not made it mainstream yet, like that you don't necessarily easily find on things like Pandora and Spotify, or at least you didn't until recently. <clears throat> like I love postmodern jukebox. Um, they take current hits or recent hits and remake them in different eras. So they might take, um, like nothing else matters by Metallica, and redo it as like a uh, a blues hit from like the '60s or a blues song from like the '60s, um, you know, or uh, you know, don't. Sp- stop believing and make it into like an orchestral big band type thing so they take like different styles like uh they did um um gosh i'm trying to think of the one song but they've done so many songs and they just changed the style like uh thriller as like a jazz uh thing um yeah, they, they, they just do all kinds of really cool stuff. And then, like, Walk Off the Earth. Um, I love some Walk Off the Earth because um, they do really awesome remakes of um, songs using unusual or different types of musical instruments uh, that the average person wouldn't know anything about. Um, or they also do, like, original music, too, that's actually really good. Uh, Lindsey Sterling who was uh, who I'm a huge fan of and she was basically told that nobody would ever listen to her music by uh, uh, Pierce What's-His-Face from uh, America's Got Talent or whatever. Uh, told, uh, yeah, I mean, it's like, yeah, you'll never amount to anything. Nobody wants to watch anything like what you're doing. And now she tours all over the world. Her YouTube videos all have millions of hits. And, uh, yeah, people obviously do like her music. I love it. I love good violin music. Um, I have a huge admiration for violin because, well, first of all, I can never figure out how to use the bow, which drives me nuts because I loved violin. I loved playing violin. I picked it up very, very quickly. Um, The trick is is that I couldn't figure out the bow. So I could sit there and I could pick anything on the violin, you know, just have the violin up like I'm supposed to and pick it with my finger, and I could sit there and play any song. You know, I'd play it just sort of like I was playing, like an acoustic guitar, uh, finger-picking it almost. And it would sound beautiful. I'd attach the bow in my hand and start dragging it across the strings, and it sounded like I was murdering somebody. So, um, like a cat, uh, you know, strangling a cat. And, uh, and yeah, so I had to eventually, uh, give that up because I had no talent with it. Um, but the other thing, which I'm going to give you guys another history lesson, so I hope you guys enjoy this, is the violin was actually the first, like, metal instrument of music. I know, you're shocked, right? You're sitting there thinking, like, metal, what? See, because you guys think that you, most of you, unless you're a music major, and even some music majors might not know this, is that, you know, touring, going on tour, wearing face paint like Kiss and all of that stuff came around in the 60s and 70s with like David Bowie and Kiss and all these guys, as far as the face painting, and touring has only been recent since the, you know, since 
you know, like the Beatles and, and Johnny Cash and Elvis and all that, but it's not true. The first person to actually start touring and the first person who actually wore face paint and walked around and pretended like he was like of the undead or whatever was Paganini. Which I guess, you know, if you guys were paying attention, I mentioned him just a little bit earlier. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, he was actually the first artist to tour. He actually had a tour promoter, which none of that was ever done because back in Paganini's time, the common people didn't listen to music because musicians didn't just go. It's, it wasn't like they claim in the movies where like er, there were all these minstrels around. I mean, granted, there were minstrels, but not as prolific as it was in uh, real life. So the average person, the average like you and me, never actually heard music, really, except for like maybe in church. Um depending on where you went, or where you lived, because obviously in some countries they didn't have a church, but, you know, if you lived in more of the European, you know, the Catholic-controlled areas, you went to church and you might have heard some music or some monks singing or something like that. Um, but, so, Paganini wanted to bring music to the common people. So, he would... Um, he was also extremely fast on the violin, so people thought that he actually got his powers of how to play from the devil. So he would go around, and he used that to his advantage, so he'd go around and he'd put on white face paint to make himself look really pale and ghostly, and his tour manager would come in and be like, Hello, people! Uh, my master Paganini will be coming to your town to play music for you that you've never heard before, mostly because they haven't ever heard music, but also because nobody played like this guy. He was... He had supernatural violin skills for that time. Uh, nowadays, any um, you know five-year-old Asian kid on YouTube can play that well, but um, but back then that was unheard of. So he would go around and he would play shows and he would tour for people, or I mean, he would tour around the country and play violin, and people were amazed and astonished, but they were also terrified of him because of the fact that they all thought he was possessed by Satan uh, because he was so fast. His, they were like, nobody's fingers moves that fast. That's impossible. It can't be done. Which, of course, back then, since music wasn't very prolific either, um, you know, it's very likely that there's also a fact that nobody had ever seen anybody's fingers move that fast because they had never seen anybody play music before either so that's also certainly possible because when the most talented person in your town with their hands is the local thatcher and net repair guy for fishermen you know you or or a grandmother that sews clothing or you know cobbler you know they don't really move that fast so maybe it was just normal and they just thought it was faster because they couldn't do it there's no real telling or no account. Um, but yeah, so he had this whole persona. Um, he was this undead, possessed by Satan, uh, violinist. He was the original Marilyn Manson, you know. And of course he didn't sing, but, you know, that was what he was. He was this, this really popular musician who toured around the country. And so this whole thing followed him his whole life. So eventually, Paganini got older. 
he wanted to retire. He knew he was nearing death. He wanted to get a house. He wanted to settle down and give up the touring lifestyle. So, he goes to the bank to get a loan, as one does when they want to buy a house. And they would not loan him the money. Because they, they did not believe that he was alive. They did not believe he was human. They believed that he was actually, no longer was he possessed by Satan, but he was in fact Satan, or a demon, or an undead, or something. He was not human. He was not of this world. So the bank manager makes him a deal, because obviously Paganini really wants a house so that he can retire and live out the last couple of years of his life and, you know, die in peace with a roof over his head. Um, so the bank manager makes him a deal, or bank whatever, bank owner. I'm not really sure how that worked back then. But anyway, the guy in charge of the bank says, listen, if you are a real person, if you are human... Call your, well, not call on a phone because phones don't exist, but get in touch with your mother and have her come and sign a paper that says she actually birthed you. You know, basically, she's got to say, yes, he, he was in my stomach for eight or nine months, and yes, he is human because I bore him. That's all he had to do what, to get a house, to get a loan. And so he writes a letter to his mother. Uh, she writes back, or I don't remember, she either goes to the bank or she writes to the bank and basically tells him, yeah, like, he's not my son, I don't know. He is um, a demon or something not of this world. She basically flat out, like, listen, I don't want my name. You know, he's embarrassed my whole house, my whole family, with his, with his crazy, wild devil music. And, uh, yeah. So he was the original touring musician, the original face-painting, persona-creating, rock-and-roll, death-metal violinist that played classical music. <laughs> so yeah, so there's your history lesson. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Um, yeah, it was fascinating. That's actually something that my music teacher taught me uh, when I was learning to play violin because he always liked to pepper in, like, because he knew I was a supremely curious person. He always liked to pepper in all of my lessons with weird history stuff. And he knew I would just eat that stuff up and I'd actually enjoy it more than the actual music lesson. So, and of course, I was one of those people where it was kind of rare too for him because most people weren't interested in that type of stuff so it was a chance for him to find kind of like a kindred spirit who would actually appreciate his knowledge as well uh he told me that years later um best music teacher i ever had um i wish he would have been my first music teacher because i probably would have learned a lot more stuff a lot more quickly because he taught so much better than any other music teacher i've ever seen or heard of or had the uh pleasure of learning from you know, so sorry, other music teachers, if you're ever going to listen to this, but uh, Mr. Ellis uh, was by far the best music teacher I've ever seen or heard of. So <laughs> that's that. Um, but anyway, yeah, so that's your history lesson. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed it. We're getting close to the new year. I've got two books out. 
Um, I've put out two pamphlets as well through um, through Amazon, so definitely kicking up the whole publishing stuff and um, looking forward to my future as an author, as a writer, and uh, just planning to kick more out there. If you're interested in checking out the book, it's called Excuse Me, I Don't Think I Have a Box, which basically means... Uh, like, you know, thinking outside the box, being put in a box um, as far as, like, categorized and things like that. So, definitely, if you're interested in checking out, I highly recommend it because I wrote it. And uh, have a great day. So, bye. Thank you, and Car Thoughts out.